this morning I had the outlines out uh, in the foyer. One of the children came up and grabbed an outline, looked and said, the three bears. Oh, I just love that story. <laughs> so you may be disappointed tonight. I don't know. But I put a couple bears up there anyway, or three bears up there for you. But uh, tonight's lesson is taken from the book of Galatians, chapter 6. If you have your Bible, go ahead and open there, and we'll look at uh, three bears tonight. But uh, no Goldilocks. There are three statements made in Galatians, chapter 6, that I think challenge us um, We ought to think about and give consideration to because it may be that we're not doing the three things that uh, we uh, need to be doing there. The the bears in this chapter are not nouns but verbs. They're things that we are to do. And uh, so let's look at those three. As the Apostle Paul begins Galatians chapter 6, he says, Brethren, if a man is overtaken in any trespass... You who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness, considering yourself, lest you also be tempted. And then he says in verse 2, bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. I I like those statements that are in the Bible that kind of sum up what we're to be about. Uh, Those uh, nutshell kind of comments or commentaries on the Word of God or the will of God One of them is in Matthew chapter 22 when Jesus said, this is what you're supposed to do. Love God with all your heart and love your neighbors yourself. Well, that just sums it up, doesn't it? That's everything. And here's one of these, you know, sum up type statements. Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. In doing that thing, we are so in tune with Jesus and what we're to be about that he says, you're doing it, you're getting it. This is, this is what God wants you to do. But bear one another's burdens. The context describes the burden, I think, in, in this context as something that has become heavy for a person, too heavy for them to bear. They, they have been ensnared and entangled in it. And uh, haven't we been there? And don't we know people that are there? Sin is a burden that will destroy us, and we, we can't manage it. We, we've got to get it off our back, and sometimes we need help. And what this passage tells us to do is to be active in helping people with the burden of sin, help them to recover and to uh, get back on track, to be restored to God. In James chapter 5 and verse 16, the Bible reminds us that when we save a sinner, uh, or when we get one to repent, we've saved a sinner from destruction. There's a lot at stake here. And so let's be about the business of bearing one another's burdens. Now, I'll tell you what, in order to do that, we have to, we have to open up, folks. I can't bear your burdens if you keep them all to yourself. And you can't bear my burdens if I don't share them with you. That's one of the reasons why we have this community of believers here and why the Lord wants us to assemble together because we can share. We can say, listen, I'm really struggling. I'm having trouble with this or this is going on in my life and this is going on in my family and and I just, I need help. I can't do it by myself. I feel overwhelmed. I feel 
I just feel overloaded. I, I don't see light at the end of the tunnel. I need somebody to, to help me. And you know, a person may not be able, and we may not be able to respond to that in a way that we feel is very productive or beneficial. I mean, what we may be able to do is listen and pray. But you don't know what a difference that can make in the lives of those people who are suffering. Just to know that they're not in it alone, that they have someone to help them. Folks, that's what the church is all about. One of the things that I love about this congregation is that we have that. If somebody comes forward, it's not, I wonder what they did. I wonder what they've been up to. That's the second time I've seen them go forward. That's not the response. The response should be and is, this is family, and they're having a problem, and it's on their mind enough that they want to let me know. And so what am I going to do? Stand at arm's length? Say nothing? Do nothing? Offer no assistance? Bear one another's burdens? There are times in our life when sin uh, weighs us down, and, well, we're shamed. Uh, it's hard to confess. And when it does come to the light of day, we are so embarrassed. We don't want other people to know about it. And so what we tend to do is kind of just withdraw within ourselves, and, and, and that's exactly what Satan wants you to do. He wants you to try to bear all this by yourself and, and, and just be crushed by the weight of it. But I'll tell you, those who can say, listen, I need help. And to be in a community where people will help and they'll understand, well, that's, that's worth the world. It's hard enough to confess your sins to people who understand. It's almost too much to ask for a person to confess their sins to a group of people that will not understand. I want you to think about that because we need to be, if anybody is compassionate and understanding, we need to be those people. I want this group of people here to be such and to be known as people that I can come here and I can tell my deepest, darkest secret and I have understanding. I don't get written off. I have help and I have people that won't just kind of walk away from me but they'll embrace me and, and help me get to the, the, the finish line here. Bear one another's burdens. Be active and involved in the lives of other people. Listen, I've said this before, and, uh, you know, we do certain things out of tradition because they're expedient. Uh, you know, and I'm not one to rebel against tradition. Uh, someone once said our forefathers weren't all fools. The reason we do certain things the way we do certain things is because it works and they're expedient and a lot of thought has gone into it before we were ever born. And so I'm not one to just quickly do away with. But, you know, the whole idea of, of somebody coming forward and receiving prayers, what are we to do when somebody says, I need help, I, I need prayers, I, I'm carrying this load and it's weighing me down and I just, I need help. How do we respond to that? Well, I know there's an immediate response with people who come up and, and uh, you know, hug and say words of encouragement and so forth, and that is needed. And, but l- let me speak to those who maybe don't do that. 
or find it inconvenient to do that, maybe because your health or whatever and you have to go or some circumstance. The fact that you may not do it right here, right now, in the moment, doesn't relieve you of your obligation to communicate to that person your love. You know, in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, there is uh, the case of a man, probably the man of 1 Corinthians chapter 5, who had been disciplined by the church because he had been uh, in a relationship, inappropriate relationship with his father's wife. Apparently, he has repented. And uh, Paul instructs them in 2 Corinthians chapter 2 to reaffirm their love to him so that he wouldn't be overcome with grief and sorrow. And I don't know how you do it, whether you reaffirm your love right here or whether you write them a card at home or whether you get on the telephone and give them a call. But when somebody responds and says, help me with my burden, they ought to have 350 phone calls, contacts, emails, cards, hugs, whatever. We as a body of believers have responsibility that have to be individually fulfilled. And so let's be about fulfilling what this passage says. If I know a brother or a sister that has a burden, and if I can help to relieve the weight of that burden, I need to do so. And explicitly, when somebody says, help me, I'm, I'm drowning, I'm in up to here, please help me. When they are that forward to ask for help, folks, we need to respond. Let's bear one another's burdens. And in so doing, we are fulfilling the law of Christ. So that's the first bear. Bear one another's burdens. Second bear comes in just a little bit later in the chapter in verse 5. And let's read that together. For each one shall bear his own load. Now, there are some things. Well, there's differences between... Uh, well, we even talked about this this morning in, in Bible class. I, I'm not going to go into the differences between the, the burdens that we can bear and the burdens that we can't. I will say this. There are burdens that I can help you with, and there are burdens that I need to just own up under and man up and take care of them myself. We all have expectations and obligations in life, things that we have to do, responsibilities in life, and uh, those things we need, to, we need to be about. You know, I can think of burdens that I have, if that's the way we want to term it, uh, obligations that I have. I have an obligation to my family. Um, I have responsibility. You know, all the, the, the uh, babies that have been born this past week, it, it set me to thinking of when we had our first child. When Kelly was born, I remember driving home, it was February 29th, she actually gets a birthday this year. Uh, it's been great, we've saved a lot of money through the years on that, but, uh, um, but I was driving home from Charleston, West Virginia to our home, and uh, it's the middle of the night, hardly anybody was on the interstate, and uh, we, we had, it'd been a, it had been an ordeal. And, uh, you know, I got to thinking about the responsibility that I had. I was a dad. I, I had a child now, and, and I had not only the responsibility of myself and, 
and what responsibility I had to my wife. But now we've brought somebody into this world and I've got responsibility to them. And I got, I mean, I almost had to pull off the side of the road. I mean, it, it hit me like a ton of bricks to think of the weight of responsibility of trying to help a person to go to heaven. The, the molding and the discipline and all the things that you have to do in order to help a person to, to end up where they need to be. Um, I have those responsibilities. I can't put that off on anybody else. I have to bear my own burden there. I have to carry my own load. And um, I, I need to man up to those responsibilities. I have responsibilities to God. It doesn't matter what anybody else at work is doing or at school. Or they're doing. I have a responsibility to God. If everybody goes see this movie, it doesn't mean I go see it. If everybody's going to do this or go to this party, it doesn't mean I go to that party. I have responsibilities to God. I have responsibilities to this church, to this congregation. I think everybody wants an eldership that is in tune with the church. I hear a lot of people complaining about elders. You know, uh, you know, the elders don't pay attention to us. They don't listen to us. They don't hear what we have to say. And 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 I've heard complaint not not here, but in general, I've heard complaints about people being out of touch. The elders being out of touch. We don't want elders that are out of touch. But could it be that members are out of touch with their church? You know, I wonder how many times elders sit back in a room and say, "I wish the members." would get more in touch. Uh, I think that goes two ways. But we need to be people who are fulfilling our responsibilities to the church. Um, It's not about what can I get, what can I get, what can I get, what can you do for me? But what can you do for the church? What responsibilities, what obligations can you fulfill toward the church? You have responsibilities to the world. More than likely, your neighbors are not Christians. We live dispersed among the world. What are you doing with that obligation, that burden that you have? What are you doing to try to bring about a conversion, a change? How are you trying to show them Jesus in a meaningful way? What intentionally are you doing to make a difference in the lives of people who are still in the world and they need to see the light of Jesus to find their way out of the darkness? Bear your own burden. We all have responsibilities to fulfill, and we have to get down to it. And those responsibilities range from our homes to our communities, to our church, to our God, and to our community. And then here's the third bear. Bear one another's burdens. Bear your own burdens. And then in verse 17... There's another statement that is made by the Apostle Paul. He says, from now on, let no one trouble me, for I bear in my body the marks of the Lord Jesus. And what Paul's talking about are the physical scars that he had put on his body because he was a disciple of Jesus. Have you ever read... What Paul said, well, I know you have, but have you ever read what Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 11? The things that he went through, how many times he'd been beaten, uh, how many times he had been scourged and beaten with rods and stoned and, and shipwrecked and all that list of things. I, I, 
If you've seen The Passion of the Christ, the movie, and you've seen the scourging that took place and how that it just tore the flesh of Jesus as he was being beaten, understand that Paul said, I've gone through that five times. I don't know what Paul must have looked like, but it wasn't good. Nobody can, well, and even the beating with rods. I, I don't know if you've ever seen, you know, in Thailand and some of these places, they'll, they'll do uh, canings. And, and you get, you, when that rod hits you, it's not just, ouch, it literally just opens your flesh. Uh, the, the flesh just breaks. Paul had been beaten with rods. He had been scourged. He had to be a walking scar. And he said, that's a testimony to my faith and commitment to Jesus Christ. Listen, I have never, well, one time I thought I was going to get punched because of, of my faith in Christ. I've never had anybody hold me down and beat me or whip me or threaten me or anything. We live in a society, a culture that embraces uh, to some degree what we stand for. We don't face the persecution that other places face. And so, uh, you know, bearing the marks of Christ in my body, it's almost unheard of, at least for us. But if it came to it, would you do it? Would you allow yourself to be beaten for the cause of Christ? Would you bear in your body the marks of Jesus? Or would you deny him? Philippians chapter 1 and verse 20, the Apostle Paul again said that Christ, he wanted Christ to be magnified in his body, whether by death or by life. Well, that's the resolve we need to have. Listen, this body is not my own. It belongs to God, 1 Corinthians 6. And whether I'm alive or whether I'm dead, I'm going to glorify God with my body. If it means that I will use my body in death as a demonstration of my faithfulness to him, then bring it on. Or if it means that I am allowed to live, I'm going to use my life preaching, teaching, helping other people to come to know Jesus. Let's be faithful to God. Let's be willing to bear in our bodies the marks of Jesus Christ. Let's not so... Yeah, I like National Geographic shows, and, and you know, they, sometimes they'll show the certain kind of animals. You know, you, you've seen how they'll run, and, and a lion or a cheetah will come up behind an animal and just, you know, hit them on the, the hind side. And a lot of times, they'll just go down. And the commentators, I remember one time of certain kind of animals being chased, and it just like fell, and it shouldn't have. But they said the shock of it, being touched by this predator, they just give up. They just go down. If you get close enough to touch it, it just goes down. Don't be that way with sin. We've got to put up more fight than that. I know that nobody's going to get through this life unscathed, unscarred by sin. We, we're all going to succumb to temptation. But listen, let's get better at fighting than we were 10 years ago. We ought to be stronger than we used to be. We ought to be able to withstand some temptation greater and be more effective in living for Jesus than we used to be able to.
Let's not just give up. I remember hearing the story of a man who was a Christian in the 21st century, and he died. And uh, he wakes up, and he's in heaven. And he looks over there, and there's a group of guys standing over there. And he looks, and he sees, and you know who it is? It's Daniel, and it's Stephen, and it's the Apostle Paul, and it's all these great men of faith. And he walks over there, and he doesn't want to impose too much, and he just kind of gets close to them, and, and he's listening. And they're talking about the things they went through on earth. And Daniel's talking about how he was thrown in that lion's den, and that God closed the mouths of those lions, and how terrifying that experience was. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were there, and they said, well... <laughs> When we were thrown in that fiery furnace, we thought that was it for us too. And, and, you know, they tell their story. And Paul talks about all the things that happened to him. And Stephen talks about being stoned to death. And the last thing he remembered is seeing that vision of Jesus standing at the right hand of God. And then there he was. And all these guys are telling their stories. And they look to him and say, so, who are you? And, and what did you go through? So you sit there and you think, oh, yeah, well, one day I was leaving the house to go to the church building, and you were going where? The church building, and wait, wait, you were going to the church, you had a church building? We didn't have church building. You, you mean you had your own place where you could come and worship? Yeah. Wow, what we would have got. We had to meet under tree. I'm sorry, never mind. Just just go ahead, finish your story. Well, one day when I was leaving the house to go to the church building, I was carrying my Bible. And what you were carrying what? My, my Bible. We've heard of the, all the Word of God in one collection, leather bound. You've, you had one of those. Yeah. Your own possession. Yeah. Wow, what we would have given. We just were given pieces and parts through prophecy, and we didn't have the whole picture. But, man, we've heard about it. Uh, sorry, go ahead, finish your story. Well, you know, one day I was leaving the house, and I was going to the church building, and I was carrying my Bible, and the neighbor across the street laughed at me. And, and that's about the end of our story. I don't know if there's anything more. That's about all we can do. Yet somebody laughed at me. That's the mark that I bear in my body. The scar of Christ is that somebody ridiculed me. Somebody laughed at me. Somebody made a snide remark. Somebody won't be my friend because I'm a Christian. That's nothing. The Hebrew writer reminds the folks at that time that as... As hard as it is sometimes to be a Christian, they hadn't shed blood over it. There's no reason to give up and turn back. They haven't even had to suffer to the point of the loss of life or loss of blood. Folks, there's no reason for us to turn back. Whatever it is that we have to face that we think is so insurmountable, it's not. When you stop and think about what other people have had to deal with, the scars that the Apostle Paul, think of what that man must have physically looked like. Terrible. But he did it and he said, it was worth it. 
I want us to have the, the conviction and the commitment to bear in our bodies the marks of Christ. And if I can't take my neighbor laughing at me or not being in the most popular group of kids or whatever it is, I have a hard time believing that I would give my back to those who would do me harm if I didn't deny Jesus. Three bears in this passage tonight. Galatians chapter 6. And I hope that we'll all be challenged to do all three of them to a better degree than we have before. And I'll tell you, it gets right down to the heart of what it means to be a Christian. Bear one another's burdens. Folks, let's help each other. We're all in this journey together. We're all going to the same place or trying to. And, and when I stumble, help pick me up. And when you stumble, I, I'll, I'll help pick you up. And let's work together so that we can go to heaven. And those responsibilities that you have that are particular or peculiar to you, responsibilities to your God and to your church and to your family and to your community and to your neighbors, bear those responsibilities. Get involved and do the things that you need to be doing that will help other people. Bear others' burdens, bear your own burdens, and then be willing to bear in your body the marks of Christ. Suffer whatever it is that might come your way. It doesn't look like we live in a time when we're going to have to have physical scars, but there are things, and I don't want to belittle the the difficulty of living a Christian life. There are pressures that come to bear on us that would cause us not always to act as we should. Own up under those. Man up. Take it for the cause of Christ and be thankful that you have been accounted worthy to suffer alongside of him. If you're here tonight and you're not yet a child of God, why don't you make that commitment tonight and start bearing the things that you need to bear? If you're a child of God already but unfaithful and you need the prayers of the brethren, we'll pray with you to the end that you'll be stronger and more faithful. If you need to be baptized tonight, we'll baptize you into Christ. Whatever your need may be, we invite you to come as we stand together and sing.